They shot him down and blew him up with regular persistence. Through guile and luck and skill, Danny Green is still with us. Someday he'll die, as we all must, and some will laugh, but most will cry. His legend will live on for years to bring his friends mixed pleasure, for he has done both bad and good, but lived his life full measure. Tonight, we'll be discussing Kill the Irishman. And sorry in advance for all the terrible Irish and Italian accents that we're about to roll out on all of you. Basically, yeah, that. That's there's gonna be a lot of that. Lucky charms. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back. Grab a beer and enjoy the show. Welcome back, folks, mostly our moms, to Hops and Box Office Flops. As mentioned in the intro, I, Mayor McCheese, will be closing out our Hops and Hometown Flops with the Cleveland-based Kill the Irishman. As always, joining me tonight are our own Irishman, the Thunderous Wizard. Uh... I don't really have any uh, clever one-liners from this movie, so for the yeah. way to go from the Irish guy on the pod, you have yeah. nothing. Well, right, you know. May the rose rise to meet you. May the sun be always at your back. May yeah. you not be blown up in a car bomb because that's all <laughs> we Irish do. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, that's, that's all this movie is. Uh, also with us is Chumzilla, aka the Odd Father. Let's talk about Haggis. Haggis is seasoned lard stuffed into a sheep's colon. Mm-mm-mm, delicious. <laughs> and the ever-changing captain, the artichoke king, Cash. I am the artichoke king. Bring me your artichokes. FYI, those are all actual mobster nicknames. I apparently, no, I actually, yeah. Apparently someone really liked artichoke. There's a, some really good... Uh, some really good mobster nicknames. So before we begin, as a reminder, we are brought to you by Wobam Entertainment, W-O-B-A-M Entertainment.com. And you can find the show on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Hops and B.O. Flops. Reach out and tell us what movie you want us to uh, force our way into next. Or if you got a couple, um, give us a theme for a month. We're, we're looking for something new. Beer for tonight, keeping it local, is uh, Cleveland-based Great Lake Brewing Co.'s Conway's Irish Ale. Uh, This is a typical Irish red ale that comes in at an ABV of about 6.3. Sorry, Cash. Uh, I mean, it's snappier than most Irish reds, so I'll give it that. Yeah, The internet describes the beer as full-bodied with a caramel malt flavor, and it ranks fairly high on Beer Advocate at a 68. Um, I don't drink a lot of... Irish ales, uh, it's not bad. Uh, it's like this movie. It doesn't knock my socks off, but I don't hate it. Um, I'd say movie and a half. Anyone else? Yeah, I mean, I, I picked it up too. It's it's not bad, but it's, it's very, it's exactly what you signed up for. Did you want an Irish ale? You got one. There's not like, there's nothing unique or distinct about it. It's just kind of like, and here is an Irish ale. Yeah. I probably, I would sit through one and a half. So let's ask the real question here. Is it better than Killian's? Mm. It's higher octane, I think, but that's about it. I haven't mm, had a Killian's. Really? In, wow. 
I haven't had a Killian's in a long while, but I do remember I bought like a six of Killian's and only drank two. And that was, I think I gave the rest away when we were at college. This, I mean, I'll probably end up drinking all six of these over the course of the you know, night and tomorrow. So I would say this is better than Killian's. Fair yeah. enough. Killian's I, uh, ranks in at uh, 5.4. But I mean, and you can tell that this is more complex of flavor than Killian's okay. is. Well, that's but good. It's still, that's good. You know. Because to be honest, Killian's is not offensive. It's a pretty bland. It's just down the middle. Attempted it's, an Irish ale. Yeah. 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 This is also so, down the middle, just slightly better than Killian's. Just a hair better. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, one of the cool stories about Great Lakes is if you ever go there, the bar, their main bar, which is across the street from the brewery, apparently has been around for decades. And behind the bar, there's, I think, two or three bullet holes from where someone came in and tried to assassinate Elliot Ness. That's kind of metal, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, a, it's a cool brewery tour to go on because they have a bunch of stories and shit and you get to drink through the whole thing. Um, all right, so cast and crew for this bad boy. Uh, this thing is surprisingly stacked. I'm not going to do the regular nicknames because there's a lot of people to get through, but who we have here are Ray Stevenson as Danny Green, the Irishman, Val Kilmer as Detective Joe Mandinsky, I think it was pronounced, uh, Vinny D'Onofrio as John Nardi from the Cleveland crime family. He's an associate. dog. Uh, Christopher Walken as Shonda Burns. He is a Jewish American mob boss. And Linda Carlini. Carlini. Right? Yeah, Carlini. She's Joan, uh, Danny Green's first wife. And Tony Lobianco as Jack Licavoli, the main Cleveland crime boss that the story kind of somewhat circles around. The, the, the evildoers in this uh, movie are ever-changing. Um, those are the main players you need to know. The other notable cast members that we have here, Vinnie Jones, awesome as always, comes out of yeah, nowhere. in the movie for like five minutes and does nothing. Hey, he goes around beating the shit out of people, which is what Vinnie Jones was born and bred to do. And he wears that yep. hat that he always wears. Mm-hmm. So there's wears that. a hat. Yeah, this movie feels like there's like 40 minutes cut out of it because like they have a lot of these actors who have relatively nothing to do and they're all good actors. And then mm. the story also jumps around at an incredible pace, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Let me just say this now. We're going to list all these actors. They're all people that you'll recognize either as like, oh, that's a name, Val Kilmer, Vinny D, uh, or like mob guys. You're like, oh, that's the guy from Goodfellas. Oh, that guy was in The Sopranos. But strangely enough, you never get more than like three or four of them on screen at the same time. They never end up like all together. Yeah, I think I think it was you who made the comment. And this is I feel like I missed my calling by not being Italian. But apparently, if you're just like an older fat Italian guy, you could get work in any mob movie or TV show ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pretty much. That's what killed me in this. Like there is a revolving door of every chunky Italian dude in every mob movie you have ever seen before. And at a certain point. They all just kind of blurred together into one just yep. super Italian mobster. I, I can't I can't distinguish between them. And we get the warden from the Shawshank Redemption. Who is he? The, he was the the leader He's of the, the, the long term. The, the doc. Yeah. yeah. The the the, the doc Oh yeah. Guy. Oh shit. I didn't even and, include uh, him on the cast list. Surprise! That's surprise! Right. He's a dickhead. He's an authoritative dickhead. Weird. He does. He does have that face of just being a dickhead boss and everything. Um, we also Bob have Robert, Gutton. 
yeah, Bob sure. Gunton. I I bet he's really nice in real life. Yeah, he's probably one of those guys who like Bob Saget type who's super nice, but then when they put him on screen, they're like, "Hey, you want everyone to hate your guts?" Act. Yeah. <laughs> he's. I just. I have a a face shaped like bastard. I don't know, but I made a good living of it. So he's a very punchable yeah. face. Yes. Uh, Robert Davi is in it. He uh, ends up as the one who bests Danny Green. And there is, like we just mentioned, a mess of soprano type players. Paul Sorvino. I don't think Mike Starr was ever in another uh, Italian movie, but he was in Dumb and Dumber. One of his most annoying <laughs> sound in the world. <laughs> uh, Steve Shrippa is another uh, Sopranos type. And then Vinny Vela. Again, all these guys, you see him in every other ga- gang or mobster movie. That just They yep. work in... They work in all of it, which is probably the greatest calling ever. Hey, can you sound Italian and wear a suit? You're in the movie. Uh, I still say I think Davi would be the most fun to hang out with. That guy seems like a, a good time. Yeah, he was. I mean, not, I don't think he actually had more than. Did he have any words? Did he speak any words in this movie? Or did he, he had like look? six lines? Yeah, he, he came up to the car and he's like, we got a problem. No, mm-hmm. he does. Do we have uh, a problem <laughs> that he drives off. I will say I think we do. <laughs> I will say he does have the best part of killing that annoying fucking kid who is hanging around the Italians. Um movie was made oh, in that 20 was incredible. <laughs> movie was made in 2011 was directed by John Heisley. Yes, that John Heisley, the guy who uh did the Punisher, the good Punisher, Jonathan T- Hensley. Hensley. Well, my, oh sorry, I was saying Heisley. My bad. Um and then T-Dub's new current favorite movie, The Ice Road. Uh <laughs> So Macomber, I don't know the actor's name. He's in the ice road as Liam Neeson's brother who suffered like a traumatic brain injury. And uh, so he's sort of like, I guess, Lenny from Of Mice and Men a bit. And uh, that movie is so bad. It is indescribably bad. I feel like we have to do it because it's Liam Neeson doing another Liam Neeson-y movie. There's, a, there's like an action scene toward the end where they're wrestling each other and oh my god i i I like couldn't believe it existed after a while like this was the plot to a movie that they had to drive down the ice road well yeah they basically watched ice road truckers (laughs) and they're like what do you think (laughs) what do you think he's up to can we make him an ice road truck driver i'm a man with a certain set of skills meaning i I can drive a stick shift one's yeah the one's a double ice yeah on an ice road I, I found out more about ice road trucking in that hour and 40 minutes than I ever wanted to I mm, say I mean, that. You never know, T-Dubs. You might have a career change in your future. You can be an ice road trucker. So the movie is loosely based on the book of the same name, which is loosely based on the life of Danny Green and his fight with the mafia. So some of this is true story. Some of it is fill in the blanks. Uh, also, <laughs> a battle with the mafia of which he was kind of a part yeah, and they also don't, we'll talk about in the plot, but they don't delve in the fact that he is also an FBI informant. So he's part, but also turning them in. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Without consequences. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that he was an informant for the FBI. I think he was an informant for the Cleveland PD. No, the, I mean, the, the story is that first charge he got off of by being, uh, by feeding info to the FBI. They just, oh, okay. they, they kind of sort of touch on it in this, but they make it in a way where you're like, is he giving info to Kilmer? Like, 
What yeah. is this Well, like if he did, that would have explained why Kilmer was in this movie at all. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to it when the, the plot yeah, comes yeah, up, yeah. kind of. But th- this movie has a really weird stra- uh, ex- like a framing element, I-, I suppose, that they don't really expand on. No, and like... It, it, because I, this movie gets compared to Goodfellas in a lot of ways because there is a narrator, but in this case, it's not the main character, which is a little weird. But anyway... So the movie somehow was made on $12 million, <laughs> which I have no idea. And I'm going to ask in a second and brought in less than 1.2 million. I have my Ooh. theories. If you'd like, are we going to open the floor to where did the money now, go? Let me, let me finish this. And then the first question right out okay. the gate is that. So it, it does carry decent reviews. 7-1 on IMDb, 62 on Rotten Tomatoes and a 50 on Metacritic. So here is that first question of the night. How the hell did this... <laughs> get done on 12 million and did everyone work for free no i mean a hundred percent of this budget went to the talent yeah christopher like, Watkins like half of that yeah Watkins <laughs> like hey yo i uh i'd love to do your movie but i'm gonna need four million dollars i mean uh, <laughs> i really liked uh the setting i thought they did a nice job Putting this in the time and space that it occurred. I love the use of archival. You mean footage. 2011 Detroit? You mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, now, to be fair, Detroit does look like Cleveland in the 70s in some regards. That's legit. Yeah. I but, mean, if sorry, you, Detroit. If you, if you read the, the IMDb uh, trivia, it literally said they, they, they toured Cleveland and then the director was like, Cleveland's prettied itself up too much. We need a different location. So they went to Detroit. <laughs> they should have gone to East St. Louis. <laughs> oh, God. I've been there. Yeah, me too. It was, uh, that was something. Anyway. I, don't, I, I would think this is the type of movie people took a small fee on, hoping that it was going to be uh, awards bait. Uh, because it is trying desperately to be Goodfellas. <laughs> Circling back to what yeah. you mentioned about the actual footage, the reason they they did everything except for his one little speech is they had no money to reshoot all these like local news stories, so they just got the archive footage. I liked it better that way. I thought that was cool. I, yeah. I thought it framed it in such a way that you you got a glimpse into what really happened. And since here in Phoenix we actually had a gangland style car bombing in the seventies, I thought it was neat to see the actual reels of that when yeah. they were uncovering a. Uh, basically a land scheme by the mafia. They blew up the reporter for the Arizona Republic in the parking lot of a hotel. So. Early. Well, I, I do think that worked better to frame some of the, 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 the parts of the story than the narration stuff we got from Kilmer. So I definitely think that was a, a plus for the movie, having that archival footage. But, you know, I'm assuming most of this money went to the actors because there's a ton of names in this that, would have wanted money to be in it. Nobody was dying to get into this movie. These are all established actors. You know, there was no up and comers here, but I can definitely tell you where the money didn't go. And that was into the <laughs> effects budget uh, and the digital effects budget. The practical explosions were fine, but anytime CGI was involved, it was. I'm, I'm pretty sure good. I can get better CGI fire on my phone. Yeah, It looked like it was straight out of like blender or, you know, Adobe. <laughs> No, they did the, we, we did good. all watch this on Tubi, which is a little notorious for its poor screen resolutions. Oh, no, no, no. no. I'm not blaming Tubi on this one. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Worse screen resolution actually would have helped in this case. 
because wow, it stands out. Now, some of the fire and the bigger explosions, okay, they were a little bit bad, but what really killed me was because you see it twice in the movie is the little spark from his radio in his car. It's bad. It's like, it's it's like, oh, that's like PlayStation 2. You know why it sparked? It's better than PlayStation 1, but that was PlayStation 2 graphics. Dan Aykroyd was trying to get his ass out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they uh, just couldn't quite squeeze through the dash. You messed with, listen, Irishman, you shouldn't have messed with the mafia. They went to the local, um, community college and had those kids do it for free <laughs> hey sure. make this car look like it blowed up thank you uh so imdb's description of this pretty bland the true story of danny green a tough irish thug working for the mobsters in cleveland during the 1970s really flared it up there imdb <laughs> um mine since we've already mentioned it several times is this is the jv goodfellas i can't believe you didn't go for the obvious one which is mine Bad fellas. Oh, it's not that bad. I mean, I would okay. say I would say mediocre fellas. Yeah. Mediocre fellas. All right. I'll yeah. give you I'll give I you mean, mediocre fellas. Clearly, we're all on the good fellas strip. And I don't know how you guys missed the most obvious one. Good laddies. <laughs> no. also good. Top of the morning to you. Yeah. All right. Uh so here's mine. Mine's slightly more creative. Kill the Irishman is what you get if a bunch of Cleveland dudes got hammered, watched Braveheart and Goodfellas back to back, and then decided to make a movie. I can see that. Slightly yeah, personal, no, that, but okay. No, and one of the dudes is like, hey, that man, makes sense. Isn't, he, isn't, isn't he Scottish? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but he's like, he's like basically got the same warrior spirit, you know, but like the, the one the guy, 70s. the crazy guy was Irish. It's all good. I mean, couldn't this be deadbeat at the on the Cuyahoga. <laughs> hey man, I, I, I they tried this, to blow I, him up. <laughs> this was mentioned on one of the during our texts before you know the pod. I, I do think this is another movie that probably would have benefited from a little bit of Jim Van Bever's flair. First of all, I 100% agree. Jim Van Bever would have made the gore effects in this maybe worth watching this film for that alone. Second, I forget my point. Moving on. Yeah, I, I fair enough. We, I think we can land uh, and finally settle that every movie we talk about can benefit from a little Van Bever. Oh, <laughs> I remember now. Listen, you know what else this movie could have benefited from? If Ray Stevenson had nunchucks. Oh, yeah. If, if they gave the Irish <laughs> totally. nunchucks, nunchucks, this, this gets better immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm 100% okay with it. I don't see any issues. And banned in the UK, and something tells me the Irishman would be fine with that. I, if anything, that's in keeping with the spirit of the Irishman. Mm-hmm. True. Oh. So the plot of this bad boy, we've talked about it. It follows the real life of Cleveland gangster Danny Green. Um, as in his early life, we get to see him bullied by the Italian kids in grade school, obviously setting up uh, the future grudge with the Cleveland Mafia. And they literally shove a pencil through this kid's hand and it like the fake blood is like tomato ketchup. It's terrible. Like and that was, that was a little like, uh, I was a little much. That was, that was pretty wicked. Not going to lie. I'm yeah, like, whoa, say, okay. Bullying back in the day was slightly more aggressive. Now it's just all yeah. online. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, that's like, that's like definitely a step above swirlies. Okay. Yeah. Pen, pencil. Just, that's the center of the stabbing. Palm. Yep. 
Um, Danny Green begins his life in organized crime by rising in the ranks at the local longshoremen's union on the beautiful Lake Erie. It's a great lake. Uh, Danny is not like the other blue-collar guys at the dock, and the fact that he is Irish and he can read. Typically mutually exclusive terms, but in, in Danny's case, look at him. He can read a book. Uh, you're gonna make He's T-Dub's, learned. T-Dub's going to slowly get more and more angry through uh, this. Uh, right off the bat, though, this you, you get the sense like, uh, they're just going to yada, yada, yada a lot of this, aren't they? They <laughs> yep. really, really, like... To the point where it's like, a, here's a highlight reel of this guy's life, less an actual movie. When, yeah. he, when he had the first kid and then a scene later, he's got two kids. I'm like, wait a minute. What's <laughs> going on here? And then a, a scene later, he's got three. It's and like, is, I, I understand he's an Irishman. He's let's say he's Irish Catholic. <laughs> and I swear we see him carry the same lamps into that house like three times. Every yeah, sperm is they, they just, they just brought that lamp in here. That's the same lamp, I swear. Yeah. The least believable part is he's only got two kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, yo. So once in a position of power, Danny begins to butt heads with the mob and his uh, racket and racketeerings draw the attention of a local journalist, which all leads to his arrest and then in turn becomes an informant for the FBI. This is somehow not a big deal. And he remains a folk hero character in the Cleveland neighborhoods. It doesn't appear as if he tells them anything at any point in time during the movie. They yeah, just kind of like, again, oh yeah, he did this, but uh, we want to go over here now. Well, and I like how the movie goes out of its way to kind of like indicate that his commitment to the you know the da or the fbi or whatever is like why don't you just talk to us once a month that way it doesn't get in the way of the rest of the movie (laughs) and you can tell us whatever you want is it useful is it not useful Eh, whatever do we have specific questions not really why don't you just keep us up to date on what's going on and then he calls them up one time he's like yeah i got nothing for you and then that's it (laughs) and then what I'm pretty sure one time he calls and then they give him information to yeah. act on. <laughs> I, I, I will, I, of course, you know, I think we're kind of glossing over the fact, too, that we get introduced to a lot of this narration here in, in the beginnings of his youth and all that crap is all delivered by Val Kilmer's character, who's a cop in Cleveland, a detective. Um, and so apparently this detective knows exactly what's going on throughout the entire movie, but never acts on it. Well, at he, all he he clearly doesn't have enough evidence is what it always comes down yeah. to yeah and he remains chummy with him but it's just a really weird again a really it's weird a, framing device it's like strange device yeah it like, doesn't it, make a lot in of good, sense because again good fellas you've got the main character narrating and speaking directly to the audience in this movie you've got this side character who's kind of like the good guy version of the lead character who's you know, a gangster and a, and a cad. And he's talking to us directly, but they, he literally does nothing in the movie except for some very ancillary interactions with the main character. Like nothing Val Kilmer does really drives the plot. Danny Green is famous enough as a mobster to be recognized on the street by children. And yet a detective from the Cleveland PD coaches little league with him like at a certain point val kilmer's character is probably going to get investigated i hope it's as friendly as it is in pittsburgh I, I was about to say, he's, gonna get, he's gonna get sarah jessica parker 
<laughs> yeah, it just, it just, it's again, it's just a really weird angle. Like, uh, uh, we'll get to it later, but uh, yeah, you expect there's going to be like that heat moment where the two characters have to face off. Spoiler, it never really happens. Well, and like they don't even play up the like he's too slick for us to pin anything to him. Like he's always never at the oh, scene he, of a crime, or pretty, people are always covering for yeah. him. Like if he was too quote unquote slimy for Val Kilmer to pin him down, I would get it. But no, I mean he like, gets like straight up busted, and then he does shoot a man to death in a local park. Yeah, <laughs> I mean self defense. The first scene we see, the car like he. he his car blows up in a car bomb and he shouts to the neighborhood. Is that all you got? It's going to take more than that to kill me. And it's uh, like, and then he just runs. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, I feel like he, it's not like he's hiding the fact he's involved in some shady shit. If you were a yeah. half decent detective, you'd have got him for something. Well, we, the, yeah, tax evasion. I don't know. Anyway, we get problem- one scene with them. And it's when he's leaving the police station and he's like, you, you want to test me or something like that? And he's like, you just know if you overstep the line, I'm going to rip out your fucking heart and eat it. With a, like he almost did a, <laughs> he almost did the Robin Hood line. I'm going to cut your heart out with a spoon. Yeah. But it was like a, like a uh, rusty something. Yeah. He's like, so, so do you want to test me? And he's like, no. It's like, what? <laughs> what? It's such a weird. You want, you want to dance? Danny, so, Danny, we don't. I know you're Irish, but it doesn't all have to come down to a jig. And come then, on, buddy. Two scenes oh. later, they're hitting ground balls to <laughs> eight children. <laughs> he, he does show up later with turkeys too. I mean, that was before. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Well, what you guys fail to notice, and the movie doesn't explain to you, is that this is Cleveland. It's not like it's got a ton of money, so there's only 14 cops to take care of the entire city. They probably had to let Danny Green slide because at least he was somewhat better than the rest. And that's a lot of paperwork, right? Tons. I mean, come on, tons. So moving on, Danny tries to get into the waste management business because crime stuff. um, And that doesn't go so well. There's lots of car bombs and ensuing carnage cost him his first marriage. And probably the best, like, okay, all right, fuck off, goodbye way ever. (laughs) No, no, look, I want to briefly pause that women keep throwing themselves at him. He's a good looking dude. And he was tall. He was six foot three. He's in the mafia. He was tall and had a bad comb over and was weirdly ginger. And yeah, just a it's Cleveland. I would I would not describe him as being handsome. Handsome. Is he Cleveland handsome? No, he's not even Cleveland handsome. (laughs) He's Cleveland tall. So I guess that's something. But like it is something. Linda Linda Cardellini, Linda Cardellini literally like throws herself at them and they are hooking up in the backseat of his car. And then his dumb friend like interrupts uh, their coitus session to be like, oh, I'm in I'm in debt with the, the, the mob. If any of you fucks interrupted me while Linda Cardellini was in the back of a car with me, one, we're not friends anymore, and two, I'm definitely not helping you out with the mob. You're on your own, buddy. Hey, to be fair, he later blows that guy up. <laughs> Listen, yep. for interrupting the thing with Linda Cardellini, he deserved it right then and there, is all I'm trying to say. Come on. The Irishman's policy there is everybody gets one. That guy got one. Yeah. And then okay. he did it again, and then he got blown up. All right, that's fair. So he's like Spider-Man. Everybody yep. gets one. Everybody gets one. 
after Cash's <laughs> dream girl leaves him. <laughs> uh, it's, listen, Green- it's cruel to me that they keep setting Linda Cardellini up with people like Ray Stevenson <laughs> and fucking Jeremy Renner, because that lets me believe I have a shot. And that's not fair to give me that hope. Don't you do that, Hollywood. It, it, it's mean and it's hurtful. Well, I mean, you just have to cosplay your way into her heart. Yeah, that's you what can, it really is. You could cosplay can, as the Irishman. I can like cosplay a renter like tomorrow. All I got to do is like flip some houses and do lots of coke. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Just like the Irishman allegedly killed those people and yeah. allegedly <laughs> stole all those goods. <laughs> Leg- allegedly uh, stand- beat up those hell's angels. <laughs> Listen, yeah, never stand so. up in a court of law. I'm, re- I'm real close buddies with Val Kilmer. It's going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, again, they coached baseball together, which is a weird thing I did not see coming, but we'll get there. Uh, So after uh, Linda Cardellini leaves him, the the Hells Angels, who have kind of been across the street at their new house, uh, decide to play their music somewhat too loud. And, oh, man, Danny Green is not having it anymore. He goes over and essentially just threatens them with a stick of dynamite and then beats the shit out of the main guy. Um, It's incredible. I'll just mention it, though, like, I'm not sure what to make of that scene. It seems like his response is not proportional to their transgressions. Like they're being obnoxious, loud, like, you know, white trash partying. And he goes over there and he's like, Hey, why don't you guys quiet it down in my neighborhood? And they're like, yeah, fuck you old man. I'll fuck your wife. And then he's like, all right, well, I'm going to knock your teeth out. It's like, wait, you're not sure what to make of this. They stole the scene from Goodfellas. Ray yeah, Liotta no, but, goes over to the neighbor who offended his girlfriend and beats the snot out of him with a pistol. Right, but, it's the same but, scene. <laughs> no, I, I, exactly. And I get, I get it, but I'm just like, but like, that doesn't make me like the character anymore. Oh no, I liked him a lot throughout the entire movie. I just, I just felt like that was like I'm supposed to like him because I'm not supposed to like the Hell's Angels, but it's like, uh, yeah, they're just kind of assholes. Like he's an asshole, so. He decided that yeah. he thought they were bigger assholes than he was. So He's he, an asshole I mean, with a heart of gold, damn it. He's an I Irish. He, listen, he will take care of old Irish ladies, probably. Mostly. Exactly. Sure. He's an Irishman, and we stick together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love uh, tribalism. Yep. So Danny's next scheme is to go, quote unquote, legit and start a restaurant slash lounge, which this is kind of where it deviates from the story because in the real life, he did start the Celtic club, which is actually what uh, launched its fight with the mafia. But anyways, um, he Man, took why out did a, I get that? That sounds interesting. Yeah. So he took out a $70,000 loan from Shonda, um, who is Christopher Walken. And he got it from the New York mob, which I think he name drops a good handful of mafia types here. I think it's is it the Gambinos. Yeah, I think it is the Gambinos. Because you're borrowing mm. money from the Gambino family. Um, and, and you know what? Because that sounds like there's never going to be a problem there. That seems like that's yeah. just going to be easy street. <laughs> and we're, we're back on truth, though, so because this does go south uh, immediately thanks to Shonda's mob courier, who in real life did steal the 70K and spends it on Coke um, and then got busted with it. So the money's gone obviously and well the Danny, thing that blows my mind is shonda's like well i guess you owe the mob and it's like well, you didn't even get me the money so danny's like, got a well, danny's got a point here like hey you're fucking career lost the yeah. money i'm not i never got 70k i'm not paying 70k i don't know yeah. gambino 70k your courier fucked it up go kill him <laughs> no he's yeah. totally right 
uh, his approach, maybe a little strong, maybe a little strong. If, if you're not okay with that, then fuck you. And yeah, fuck he, comes, he, he comes out yeah. very <laughs> aggressive against Shonda. He's not appreciating really defiant here and saying, like, no, that's messed up. He didn't get his money. So that's not fair. Guys, this is fucking mob business. Fair is a relative term. <laughs> like, also very true. Like, yeah. It's like, we're going to let you pay us back and we might not kill you. That's fair. <laughs> like, yeah. But I appreciate that he's like, oh, that's not that's not the code of honor I follow. I'm like, yeah, well, tough shit. You're, you're not. This is <laughs> that ain't this kind of deal. I've altered the deal. Pray don't alter it any further. <laughs> So because of, because of this interaction, Shonda puts out a, I think it's a 25 grand uh, dime on. Which just goes on, to show you it's pennies on the dollar. Yeah, he puts he puts out a 25 grand contract on Danny's life. And I think it's a it's a bellhop or a busboy or a carboy who plants the, the bomb that we've been talking about. Yeah, uh, he's a what the valet. He's a valet. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, he's a valet. Um and that's the one that starts the movie where there's the, the awful CGI puff of smoke. You think rolls. some firecrackers can kill Danny Green? <laughs> what What is Ray Stevenson's accent in this film? Because the Thunderous Wizard isn't far off. It's not American, that's for sure. And it's not Ray Stevenson's normal accent. So what is happening? Yeah, it's no, Doctor I, Strange one bad. Yeah, I think the uh, Mary McCheese nail it. It's Cleveland Irish. That's the accent he's doing. <laughs> it's it's something. <laughs> Whatever like, that is, Cleveland Irish. Sure. Literally, like it it puts me in mind of the Family Guy bit where it's like this is like Liam Neeson playing a cowboy. We've got to get these cattle across to the the place, and it's got to be thirty, <laughs> maybe forty fathoms. Who knows? And it's like, what are you? What, what the fuck am I like? Either pick an act, pick a lane, or just make him higher. like Ray Stevenson is from Northern Ireland. Well, I, I think he was just trying to make Vinnie Jones feel better about his accent. Vinnie Jones did fine. Like Vinnie Jones was doing an Irish accent. Why is Vinnie Jones in this movie to say two lines again and to be Irish? <laughs> yeah, he, he is so neither he's, he's of like, those things. Like, 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 isn't he like half Irish and half Slavic or something? Yeah, that's his. He's half he's like Slav, half, half Irish. <laughs> such a weird thing i get it like i'm sure that was probably part of the real story but it's like that seems like a that seems like a weird choice but hey vinnie jones cool cool oh yeah it's him good good to see you vinnie jones glad you're getting a paycheck mm-hmm. yeah, so uh we're we're blaseing over a, a a fair chunk of the plot here so i'll hit the high notes uh danny green kills his close friend the gambler because he won't stop gambling and he's pissed danny green kills shonda because he's pissed about having to pay back the uh, the seventy k large, which also has a great scene where the little old lady's going towards the car, and he runs over and like helps her away from the car bomb. <laughs> when we but, were, which seems like a really bold move to really place your scene this yourself. That is the scene of a murder. Yeah, when we were talking <laughs> earlier about Danny Green going into the waste management business, he was trying to unionize all of the trash collectors in Cleveland, which was another Italian's scheme. Uh, but he had a buddy who was I can't remember his name now. Uh, he had a buddy who was on or owned his own trash thing and they tried to blow him up. That's when he killed his best friend. And that's where we get the shooting in the park that T-Dubs is talking about um, where Danny Green goes to work out every morning and they drive not one, but two times people try to assassinate him during his morning CrossFit. Hey, I, I believe, no, no, no. It was definitely not CrossFit. At that point, it was calisthenics. 
I like how he's wearing the cutoff sweatshirt over another sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some good tracksuits too. Yeah. Well, anyways, after a whole bunch of murderings and stuff, uh, the, the the Italian mob finally concedes and they want to play ball. They offer Danny uh, a deal that he can he can take over uh, Lucavelli or whatever's uh, section of town and work with Nardi and get, but he has to pay a thirty percent cut on any action and that's how they're going to let him operate. Uh, he does not enjoy this. He is pissed. He's still angry at the Italians and turns them down, declaring that the Irishman is in business for himself now. Yeah, I mean, we all know where this is going. Uh, it, this is also the time where we get the uh, the tie-in with the little old lady next door, who obviously has been watching him do devious shit and watching his wife leave him, and she is getting thrown out, and he comes up and literally pays off her mortgage or rent or whatever, and they go inside and talk about Irish stuff. <laughs> And like she hands him a cross. It is so like, do you know how the Irish were? They were fighters, fighters to the death. And they always kept a thing on them as they're pour, drinking Bushmills yeah. whiskey. And I'm pour, like, pour me a Bushmills, you lad. <laughs> yeah. Something here seems incongruous. Yeah, and I like the fact that he looks at a picture that she's got on the wall. And he's like, oh, is that the Cuyahoga? She's like, no, it's, you know. Yeah, somewhere in Ireland. Uh, yeah, it's, the the, the it's the Litty in, in Dublin, yeah. Yeah, bastard! Yeah. You never been oh, there. You never been there, and he's like, "Oh no!" I because you know, like he. So is he yearning for his Irish roots? It's like they're trying to give us something there for character development, and it never really takes hold. First thing, and second thing, it, it, I was doing a little bit of background research, not heavy, but apparently, yeah, Danny Green was way into the like Celtic warrior type mindset, and he always like when he was doing those interviews on tv he would talk about it so they were trying to find a way to shoehorn that in this movie without just, yeah. without, well without just doing it like it, if that was part of his lore and background and part of the book just explain it quickly and have him stick to it not be like oh he's been reading some you know irish history books and then found a neighbor who you know <laughs> kind of drilled the mindset into him have him yeah, get a Celtic cross tattoo or, you know, a Triskelion or something. I don't know. I, I feel like he should have given a bigger, I guess, at some point, if he'd given a speech, you know, either at the union or to well, they, his they, guys, they, they, like why he was going to strike out his own because I'm paying homage to my roots, to the Celtics that did this, that fought in the battle of that and blah, blah, blah. And then he rips off his shirt and he has a giant Celtic cross tattooed on his chest. Yeah, that would that would have probably worked out. Yeah, well, they, to your point. They kind of did it, but in a way cheesier way where he's like, do you like the color of the carpet? Everything's green now. Get it? Yeah, his car, yeah. Exactly. I'm Irish now. Ha, 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 ha. And my, my last name is fucking green. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we uh, get it. We uh, get it, uh, Danny. We get it. Super subtle. So also within here, the, the mob gets mad, blows up Danny's house in another CGI extravaganza. Oh, the boy. Front, where the front part just kind of falls off like a tuna can. <laughs> Extravaganza uh, sounds um, generous. Okay, uh, here's why I say maybe the resolution on Tubi didn't help with this. Maybe. Not sure. Another scene that would have been benefited by yakety sacks in the background. <laughs> like when the stick of comical, like, Acme Dynamite comes through the window. <laughs> You start playing the Benny Hill theme music. Yeah. 
so again, obviously that somehow doesn't kill him. And then Danny, who is always a great entrepreneur on thinking of business ideas, decides he wants to start a cattle ranch because mafia stuff. <laughs> We're going to uh, take these cattle. we got to get them 40, 50 <laughs> leagues to the west of here. we got to ford a river. Yeah. And as we've mentioned before, Val Kilmer is sort of in the background during all this, playing the cop that Danny, I guess, went to high school with. And they grew up in the same neighborhood and they aren't trying to butt heads, but are sort of friends or movies. A hundred and forty or it's an hour and 45 minutes long. And Val Kilmer disappears for 30 minutes at a time. Yeah, (laughs) probably a poor choice to make him the narrator. (laughs) (laughs) Or include him at all? Like, there's yeah. never like a reckoning for that relationship. Nobody grows he, or changes. No, he, he tries to warn him at the end, like, "Yeah, be careful. Yeah, you might be in trouble." Basically, like, you know, <laughs> not for me, I'm a cop. I'm not going to do anything. But Robert, you know. <laughs> Robert Davi was in. Um, he he's not going to mess around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do appreciate that the Terminator shows up in the last thirty minutes of the movie. <laughs> I'll be back. So as, as we're hinting to it, finally, the, the mafia gets annoyed that they can't kill this goddamn guy. They go and hire their best hitman from California, who apparently was quote unquote retired. Uh, he finally gets Danny with a car bomb in the dentist parking lot, which I mean, that's literally how it happens in the real world. But they kind of set it up in the movie like you're supposed to know that it's yes this drove me crazy (laughs) because it's like like you guys don't know where beachwood and lindhurst is and like i do so when they're like oh yeah you have a dentist appointment in lindhurst i'm like oh so do i (laughs) but (laughs) like okay wait are you gonna get blown up (laughs) you check your car right before you get in or and in this case check the car next to you yeah and this it's it's not even his car they they park a car next to him and then they set off the bomb and like in a weird way where like him and Robert Davi are playing not real mind games together. Cause they make eye contact right before he dies. Like he, it's like he knew he was going to die. Almost. Yeah. Like, no, it, like, it that's the weird... way the last five minutes of this plays. That's a, it's a foregone conclusion. He literally has a conversation with a child and gives his he cross hands away. Him, yes. He <laughs> hands him the cross that the old Irish lady told him would protect him. It's as though he knew he was going to die and we, the audience, were supposed to know he was going to die. Except I've never heard of this fucking guy before. I mean, so, it's it's foreshadowed pretty, pretty heavily. Like, this is the what, end of this guy. He's what dead. I don't get is why he didn't just kill the guy when he was in the van. He shoots and kills other people with, like, complete, like... Yeah, uh, impunity and, and no discretion. Why did you smoke that dude when he confronted him the first time? We got a problem. Because the writing's not very good. Uh, okay, I, but it's just such because because yeah, to your point, it's really weird because they have that conflict and they're like, well, now it seems like they're destined to to end. He's destined to kill you now because you let him go. Like what? Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. And so, like, if you read online, that that whole ending part is true to life, where they tapped his phone. And that's how they knew he was going to be at the dentist. That's how they knew where to take the hit on him. But in the movie, they're just kind of like, you guys know the story of Danny Green, right? The mobster that no one in America has really heard of. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I did like that. They said the guy was really good and they do show him tapping the phone. And, but, you know, it's uh, if they know where he lived. I just don't get why they, it just seems like they why didn't just like kill him. I, I don't know. It was so it, it is what it is because he put a metal door in his apartment. That's true. <laughs> 
Okay. That's right. I forgot about that. No also, bad. Val Kilmer's Adrian moment. You can't win, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, the movie ends with the outro about how uh, Robert Davy's character eventually gets a lot of pressure on him and rolls over on the mafia. And that's where Rico was invented. So the whole tagline of like, oh, the, you know, the Irishman who brought down the entire mafia system in the country is what they kind of pin it on. But I mean, I don't think it's 100 percent that it's just a it's an aligning of the stars if you will the one that's a really good point though they try to in the end say like hey this guy hated the italians he might have been a little racist and in his death he ultimately did bring them down yeah but still i mean really it's sort of his his hitman eventually got enough pressure that he cracked and gave everyone up and then they invented rico and that's how they got a lot of them so snitches get stitches davi (laughs) basically Um, at the end of the day danny green got taken out by poor dental hygiene yeah Yeah, and that if he had that cavity uh, plot twist came out of nowhere as well same with his like six kids that just appear randomly throughout the movie at varying ages and he's he's irish catholic just oh you're drinking bush mills it's like wait Wait, what is the message of the story you need to brush your teeth and floss and floss Big one. Got a floss. So, clocking in at an hour and uh, 40, like we said, how many beers do you need to enjoy this? Cash, we'll start with you. It's an hour 45. This is four. It's four. It's just, it. it's not bad enough to be fun bad. It's not good enough to be interesting. It's boring, and that's that's the worst problem it has. Like, it's an hour 45, and I, I could have swore it was two and a half. Yeah, Chumps, earlier you're already yeah. on a roll. How about you? Uh, no, I'll, I'll give it two mostly enjoyment beers because it's not terrible. I just kept waiting for the movie to like pick up. I just kept waiting for that moment where I was like, ah, oh, you know, because like, it feels like it's constantly setting something up and then it never quite pays off. There's plenty of murders. There's plenty of car bombs, but like it never really builds to anything. My biggest critique on this, I, I said it in the text earlier, this movie doesn't feel like a first person like video game experience. It's like a rail shooter. You're just kind of like along for the ride, getting from A to B to C. It never really drives like a strong story. And I, I think my, the, the reasoning for that is I think they stuck probably too close to the source material and didn't try to punch it up and give it more of a, like a, you know, a Hollywood feel. It was. It almost felt like a like a historical drama and not a mob movie. He does. You know? Well, I'm a sucker for mob movies. I like this movie. I recognize it has several flaws, specifically that it does not take any time to establish the majority of these characters and wastes a lot of good actors uh, by giving them nothing to do. So I would say two pain beers because of that because. They wash over so much shit. And this guy clearly had a really interesting life and went through some really harrowing stuff. And they just kind of like time jump and they don't tell you they're time jumping and they skip past things. They wash over stuff. So that's a big issue. But uh, two enjoyment beers as well, because the guy Danny Green, as played by Stevenson, is kind of a, a badass and I really enjoyed when he would decide to beat the snot out of people. So 
That is always fun. Yeah, I, I was sitting at three, mostly for the length. Like we said before, especially if you're drinking these Conway Irish ales, like they're it's a beer. This was a movie. Uh, it's not bad. It's not great. It just is. I mean, we watch this for free on Tubi. If I had to pay four bucks to watch this, I'd be a lot saltier. You know what shocks me is we were talking about the box office numbers earlier. Like the movie seems a little cheap. I'm not shocked it was made for just $12 million, but I'm, I'm guessing it just did not get good distribution. How did this only make a million bucks or whatever? Yeah, it did. Like not. A million, it, a million two, a million five, whatever the number was. It like, did uh, not get great distribution. I, I, Cause I feel like this could have easily been like a, a 20 or $30 or 20 or $30 million movie just on the name recognition alone, but I'd never heard of it before. And it was, yeah, I mean, relatively decently reviewed so yeah i mean it's it's a it's a competently made film it's just not it doesn't have a, a strong hook like i, I was saying this, but it's a lot better than the it's ice not road bad no and we're going to cover a lot of those after the break in our you know question section so before we get into that let's take our break and get another conway's irish ale and hear from our buddies over at the double turn podcast Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back, everyone, to the 143rd episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wobam Entertainment. We're at oh, 140. I thought we were 143. Are we 144? Last one was 143. Oh, shit. Um, as a reminder, we are talking about Kill the Irishman. So, first question. Any of you guys connected? Got any family ties in the mafia? There was... I can neither confirm nor deny. I feel there... like T-Dubs has some shady shit in his past. Yeah, there was a lot of rumors that my... A maternal grandfather was at least acquaintances with mafia types he had like five or six hundred people at his wedding so it looks like mob wedding 100 percent. and he was also like the president of the italian american club and was very well known around town so there was always rumblings and then when he died some gambino types showed up <laughs> to the funeral like nice. slick back hair suits gold pinky rings Sorry for your loss. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, oh, okay. Maybe he was connected. Cool. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I knew I, I feel like Trumpzilla is tied into some weird defunct Cincinnati gang that doesn't do much except for yell who day. Yeah, you they're know, called the Ravens, saying, dude. Yeah. Me, I, I might know a couple of Ravens. I can't really talk about it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Apparently, my mom had an uncle who might have had ties into the Youngstown mafia. He tried to give her like a brand new Mustang when she turned 18. And my dad or or her dad, my grandfather was like, fuck no, Joey, you can't just give her a car. <laughs> like, it's not OK. And then all of a sudden, like he went missing like five years later. And they were like, yeah, he probably got killed. I'd like to point out in this movie, uh, Danny Green's like new girlfriend is from Youngstown. He's like, oh, that's a rough town. It is. Youngstown yep. and Youngstown the, uh, still 60s has and a 70s. 
No, Youngstown still has a serious crime problem, like mafia crime yeah. problem. That yeah. is a tough, tough, tough town. Yeah, that's where Dean Martin is from. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, where Ed O'Neill is from as well. Yeah. Also, Mrs. McCheese's best friend's uh, uncle is Ed O'Neill. <laughs> really? And very like, cool. Constantly talks about how like Youngstown was great. And now, like, literally, there are just mobs running fentanyl through it. <laughs> yeah. So stay out of Youngstown, everybody, is what we're trying to say. Uh, if you don't need to be in Youngstown, don't go to Youngstown, I think is, yeah. Um, yeah. T- we touched on it before, but anyone have any further comments about how god-awful the CGI was in this movie? <laughs> I, I feel like I left it all on the mat here. It was very, very bad. It, it's distractingly bad. Um, some of the effects look like they're like photoshopped on top of the, mm-hmm. the screen with like mm-hmm. no blending. And that house explosion was... Uh, that was something that yeah that was more resident evil 2 a lot of the uh mm-hmm. a lot of the car bombs were yeah let's, let's take a, a wrecked car and just overlay it with footage of a fire and digitally remove the fire and then we have a car bomb <laughs> it's uh it's pretty bad um yeah. some, you some can't of kill daddy are... green with some fire crowds. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those explosions are better than the others, but yeah, anytime they relied on the CGI, it showed. Yeah. You think uh, you can beat me with those terrible computer effects on Daddy Green? That is that is alarmingly good as an impression. Yeah, it's not bad at all. <laughs> Look at my um, hair. I've been drinking for six straight days. <laughs> How do they I, talk so many fucking people into this movie? Again, I, I think the source material the is money. Good. Yeah. I I think this. With a better script, this is a very interesting and compelling story. And they're like all the bit characters, Nardi or, or uh, you know, uh, Hearns uh, or even like McCumber, like everybody that's in the movie, uh, whoever Paul Sorvino's character name is, Licavelli, those are all interesting characters that you'd want to mm-hmm. play. The script just doesn't do anything with them. Wasn't the dude from Dumb and Dumber's name's Lips? His name was the gas man. How do they know I have gas? <laughs> How do they know I have gas? Uh, apparently, no, apparently mm. Lips is a real person in the room. No, so I, he, I, he was actually from the Dick Tracy script. They carried him over. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get you know, him, I mean, Lips. I, <laughs> we always have the running question of how do you make this better? And I think you touched on it. If I mean... I think you pump more money into it to get better writers to polish this script and give these actors fucking something and some better guidance because they're all very good. And the movie just needed yeah. a hook. It needed a hook. It needed something to draw you in. It should have started with a voiceover about this guy, Danny Green, who, against his better judgment, lived by the code of the Celtic warrior. Because really, that is what drives the movies. When push comes to shove, he doesn't put up with their shit. And he claims it's because he's got this guardian angel watching him. And it doesn't matter what they do. When it's his time to die, he'll die. He doesn't really give a shit. It just bounces all over the place and doesn't focus on that enough. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. like, again, we, we commented about it. You, you, could, you could do a whole lot better with Val Kilmer in one way or another, either completely get rid of him and 
you know, just delete that stupid fucking aspect or tell us what the actual tie in is. Is he informant? Is he working with Val Kilmer? Like, are they after each other constantly? And Danny Green's just too slick. Like, what? What are we doing with that one other than like them randomly showing up having beers and like bullshitting? At the end of the day, this is the most expensive documentary ever filmed because there's no there's no story here. It's just here are a series of events that happened in Danny Green's life until it was ended. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. And he's got a pretty interesting life, so they don't have to really dramatize any of it. I mean, it's murders, it's gangland activities, it's all that. Okay, but it doesn't, again, it doesn't draw you in, right? It never has like that emotional yeah. hook to where's it. Where's the story? It's just like, here's some stuff that happened at the end. Like, where's my, okay, well, Danny did this and he grew and he changed, or Danny was unwilling to change and the world around him eventually broke him, or yeah. something. There's not a story here, there's just stuff that happens. And yeah. again, you go back to Goodfellas and what made that movie unique and work is that you spent so much time with Ray Lolita's Ray, Ray, Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Jeez, Ray I can't Liotta. talk. Lolita? Ray, Ray, Liotta. Ray Lolita. No, Ray that's Liotta. a that is a very different man <laughs> with a whole movie. other set of problems. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you spend so much time with that character and, and he and he narrates his own life and you get much more involved in his motivations and his and his you know, emotional response to what's happening to him. Like you, you feel that character as your, that's your perspective character here. And in this well, movie, you, you Ray, don't you know, for him, cause he's a piece of shit and he's the author of his own demise. And he sells out all these guys that you like. Like you're kind of into like this yeah, lifestyle. He's your and view into it, right? You're, he blows it. You're experiencing it through him. Yeah. And this one, yeah, Dan, we're following Danny Green, but we don't really ever get inside his head. I agree. Danny Green is less of a human and more of a look at this collection of just badass qualities in a man. And then he dies. Yeah. yeah. I, I think if you make it more about him being the salt of the earth, giving turkeys back to the community, I'm going to fight the mafia mafia. I think that benefits a whole bunch and you could thin the story up and make the writing a lot more poignant. Like we got it. Like a lot of car bombs went off like fucking ton. Um, but why are we spending too much time on that and not about like the actual story that people might remember? You know, I'm just kind of shocked that I didn't know this story because dozens of car bombs, like in a span of just a couple of years in Cleveland kind of seems like a big deal. Yeah, it's actually the first question of the trivia, which um, unless you guys, I don't think we need another break unless you guys have any other comments about the movies. I think we're ready for the trivia. Let's do it. Yeah. Do I'm I win? Do, can, I, can I win the wig? This is a good uh, wig. It's a good wig. Stevenson's no, wig is, is very believable. I would like a tracksuit. Uh, so you guys you can, own I, like 12. Yeah, you, yeah, your whole, none of them look as sweaty as that one. Well, that's not, that, well, that's your fault for not working out yeah. harder. I will let the winner choose. You can either have the wig, you can have okay. the cross, or you can have the clotter ring. No, can no, we not? God, let's God, talk about I, that I hate that they, like, <laughs> it's 2011. You are stopping the movie to tell me what a clotter ring is? Everybody knows what a clotter ring is. That's the main reason they brought it up was to get cash angry. <laughs> Guys, like, and not only that, he gives it to a woman who's literally been blown up with him. And it's like, listen, if you're my woman, wear the ring pointing in. 
It, it would have been, like, been, been blown funny. up together. At a, and she lives with you at a bare minimum. You guys are going steady. They're Come on for crying out loud. Like, it, w- it would have been somewhat comical if there was an extended scene there where he like he just sits there and he waits. He's like, are you, are you going to put it on? Which direction are you going to put it on? And like she has to like awkwardly put it on towards her for him to be like, oh, OK, good. You're still mine. <sighs> Thank God. Well, and again, that's another <laughs> one of the foreshadowing things of his death. He's like, oh, no, the the girl put the ring on. You're dead now. <laughs> he got that closure before he died. Okay, good. Good. We're I tying just, up off loose strings here. I just want to point out Robert Davi didn't need to tap his phone to figure out where he'd be. The guy lived in a friggin' trailer by the end. You could have dropped by at any given time. They could have just followed him. Yeah. And parked the car next to his car when he went inside the grocery store anywhere. I mean, he's literally drinking beers on his front porch in air quotes with with Val Kilmer in a foldable chair no and like that and again that like hiding again that is something that should have been played out more in the story because that is the actual real like from the news cuts where he was he went on the news and basically called out the mafia like i live right here fucking come get me and would like show his little trailer and just sit outside reading the paper and like that's more interesting than what they did in this they blaseed over that part and you know, went back to the car bombs. All right. So this is the so-called mafia challenge, uh, standard format. Feel free to chime in with another Irish or Italian mafia related quotes you want. I'm not going to pull any out uh, or the pod standards. You guys ready? Mafia. Sure. The mafia. I mean, it, 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 can we just get this out of the way here real quickly? Is anybody else uncomfortable with the number of car bombs in an Irish movie? Look, like, it I seems mean, sensitive. I, it, I get it though; it's accurate. But <laughs> like, I this is one of those things where the reality is so unbelievable that it makes you question the film. Like, yeah, this, this can't is, have this, been real, this but is it first, is. This is the first question, and this okay, is just, the first question segue. is just is just one year, not even the full war. So. I, I, it may have been mentioned in the movie. I can't remember because I, I think it was. It definitely was in, in the documentary I watched. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> during the height of the gang war, which I think was 76, 35 bombs, car bombs went off in Cleveland. <laughs> Jesus. Shit, I thought it was 36, but yeah. No, no, sorry. It was over 35. So yeah, oh, I think okay. the number, the number probably came in at 36. What nickname was eventually given to the city? A, Boomtown. B, Bomb City, C, Gangland, or D, still the mistake by the Malik. Ponytails, cocktails. <laughs> T-dubs. Boomtown. Incorrect. Oh. I, no. I just like Boomtown because that's the name of one of the characters on Letterkenny. <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm going to go. Uh, oh. Ooh, cash. Gangland? Incorrect. Ah. Remember, choose what are my remaining answers? Either Bomb City or still the mistake by the lake. I'm going to go with Bomb City. Yeah, Although, that's an easy one. I want to say I was going to answer uh, F or uh, yeah, uh, because I believe the correct answer should have been Carbamia, which is <laughs> the fictional Middle, <clears throat> Middle Eastern country from one of the episodes of the G1 Transformers. That's clearly led by uh, Gaddafi. So it's clearly a, a, a reference to Libya. But yes, Carbamia, the nation of Carbamia. Oh, Lord. Hold on. Okay. 
Yeah, that would have been that would have been my guess. Anyway, I'll take the point though. Well, yeah, no one's gonna stop you. So, number two, among other nicknames, Cleveland is sometimes referred to the city of firsts. Somehow, uh, don't ask me. I wasn't born here. I just lived here for like the last fifteen years. Uh, so, which of these did Cleveland do first? A, the first indoor shopping mall. B, the first car sold in the country. The first automobile sale. C, the first blood transfusion. D, the first African-American mayor, or E, all of the above? Farts and tarts. Cash. E. It is correct. That's, kind that's, of just, that's just test-taking ability, kids. Yeah. yeah. May have given it away by the all of the above, but it's good stuff. You also forgot F, first to have their lake catch a flame. Not <laughs> lake. The river. Not yeah, lake, river. river. And then river, brings us yeah. to the next question. Everyone knows about the Cleveland River fire. But it's not an isolated incident. How many times did the river catch fire? A, two times. B, five times. C, ten times. Or D, well over a dozen times. That's Chumzilla. I believe it's A, two. Incorrect. I believe Mm. the correct answer, farts and tarts, is more than it should have. It's mm. nine times. <laughs> Are either of you going to actually answer on these questions or not? Uh, ponytails, cocktails. I'm going with uh, five because I feel like if you've set your river on fire more than five times, that's a problem. Incorrect. Captain Cash, do you want to <laughs> do, do take a guess? You either have 10 or well over a dozen. I'm going to go well over a dozen because Cleveland is terrible. Jesus, man. Come on. Uh, I, yeah, it is well over a dozen. Um, it's a, find the lie. Like, listen, the, the biggest thing for me about car bomb summer isn't that it happened. It's more than anybody fucking noticed. Oh, there's just another crater. Oh, well, you know, Cleveland. You're being real mean right now. You know that? Um, so do you know the, the, the most famous river fire, which is the one everyone talks about actually spurred the government into action do you know what it got passed through our government the epa Uh, yeah the epa isn't it the clean water protection act it is the clean water protection act look at that i know stuff is it the stop setting our fucking river on fire (laughs) act of yeah, apparently back in the day, you used to just dump your industrial waste directly in the river because the river took it somewhere else that wasn't behind your plant. Mm, yes, okay? which yes. was good enough. You know, dilution is the else. solution to yeah. pollution. Yeah, well, you had a lot of a uh, lot of rubber factories, a lot of glass, a lot of manufacturing going on in that area. So right, a lot so- of a lot of solvents, a lot of a lot of nasty stuff that burns and or gives you cancer. With the bonus question, Cash is at three, Trumpzilla is at one, and T-Dubs is at zero. I'm going to get that wig. Close. So, Sly Stallone also has a Cleveland-based movie under his belt. Which one of these is it? A, Fist. B, Capone. C, Death Race 2000. Or D, Paradise Alley. Ponytails, cocktails. T-Dubs. Wasn't familiar with three of them, so I'm going with Death Race. It is not Death Race. Incorrect. I really wanted to death guess race, death race. Um, what am I? What are the three? Fist, Capone, or Paradise Alley? Oof. Uh, farts and tarts, Paradise Alley? Incorrect. Jumpzilla. Oh it's either Fist or Capone. Fist or Capone. Well, Capone's Chicago, so I'm going to go with Fist. 
You are correct. Yeah. Ah, yeah. That makes sense. So Fist <laughs> Fist is a movie literally about Sly Stallone rising through the ranks of the union only to be taken down by his links to organized crime. Um, mm. He's the guy Danny Green beat out for the for the Longshoreman's <laughs> Union president. Seems okay. fairly familiar for the plot. Guy that currently. got slapped three times and then just never showed up again. Uh, yep, never came back. So what, what I was mostly a, pissed about is Fist isn't like it is the like it literally is supposed to be something else. Whatever that T Dubs helped me out here when you shorten a word down acronym. Yeah, it's supposed to be an acronym, and I could not figure out for the life of me what the fuck it is. And I looked at several different pages describing this dumb movie there is a trailer with sylvester stallone and a bunch of dumb clothes and a voiceover like he was in the union and i was like oh my fucking god the union oh, no. is like a fist we're strong <laughs> together you take all five people in the union and you bunch them up and you can punch out low pricing what <laughs> yeah wait wait let let me have the, what did the narrator the sound like again just real quick what's that what was the what did what did the narrator sound like? Stallone? No, no, he was in the union. <laughs> I just I'm just trying to figure out if the narrator is Harvey Firestein or not. That's all I want to know. And the movie came out in the 70s, so there's a chance. Um, it was Bob Hoskins. So we're at we're at three to two. So there's a chance that Chumpy can tie if he gets this, which means you guys are gonna have to split the wig and or we're gonna split rank. a wig again. Yep, damn two, two weeks in a row. So Cleveland is also known for being a foodie town, something I don't give a shit about. Um, which of these chefs did not, not get their start in Cleveland? Hmm. A, Michael Simon. B, Wolfgang Puck. C, Chef Boyardee. Or D, Michael Ruhlman. Wolfgang, not Wolfgang. 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 It's a, it's a real step in Wolfgang step in Puck, Wolf. huh? <laughs> T-dubs. It's my is Michael Michael Simon. No, did not get their start in Cleveland. Yeah, Michael yeah. Simon is from Cleveland. I thought he was from Pittsburgh. No, he's from Cleveland. You know what? Fuck this. Fuck this <laughs> round. You're not doing very well this week. I'm sorry, my friend. Chumpy, cash. If I do nothing, I win. So I'm not helping out, Chumpy. Oh, uh, yeah, farts and tarts. I'm going to say Chef Boyardee. That is incorrect. Ah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I win. You knew that Chef Bourdie had to be from Cleveland. His food is terrible. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, to be fair, though. I was thinking he might have been from Cincinnati. Was it Wolfgang Puck? It was, yeah, was Wolfgang it? Puck. Yeah, because oh, he's Stephen Wolfgang Puck. Yeah, he, yeah, got, he, he got his start on Apocalypse, I mean, that, obviously. That should have been the obvious one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it. It was way too funny to not base a question around Chef Boyardee. <laughs> yeah, I, had, I had to shoot my shot. <laughs> it's one of those Wolfgang. things where it, even if I heard that, I'd be like, shit, it can't, but it might yeah. also very well be because Mayor McCheese is an idiot who would put Chef Boyardee in with real chefs. Did you know that Stepan Wolfgang Puck's uh, main dish is the bento mother box? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Didn't you wait in line on line to buy Finger that? Guns. All right. So, Cash, you get your uh, pick of the litter. I'm going to wanna... I'll take that wig. Let me get that wig. God damn it. All right. I'll send you the wig. Uh, I bet it still smells Stevenson-y. It smells like Bushmills and cigarettes and car bombs. 
All right, let's wrap this thing up. I don't have any recommendations this week because I am in the midst of dealing with children and trying to reformat several positions and places in my house. Furniture shit. Um, let's go to T-Dubs. What do you got? Okay, two. Watch a better gangster movie about an Irishman. It's called The Irishman on Netflix, starring Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, several other great actors. It's I would a great have liked movie. if you said Danny DeVito. That would have been great. I really enjoyed The Irishman. It's long, but it flies by, and it's an all-time great performance from Joe Pesci. And honestly, Pacino's really good as Jimmy Hoffa as well. My is, other that the, is that the one where De Niro beats the absolute shit out of that store owner? Because yes. he like, talks down to his daughter? The only thing that doesn't work about The Irishman is De Niro's clearly too old for the physicality of the part. No, no, yeah. Hmm. They had to CGI a lot of his shit. But... Well, they CGI'd their fa- like all their faces. Yeah. Uh, certain, you know, to de-age them. And then you got to watch The Ice Road. Just do it. It's on Netflix. It is <laughs> incredibly stupid, terrible, <laughs> laughable in many, many ways. But you'll probably enjoy it as much as I did. The Ice Road. Jonathan Hensley, director of the great Thomas Jane Punisher, takes us on a journey through the Ice Road. EJ? I got to deliver this lumber. All right, let's see. Let's go with Chumzilla next. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with an actual Irish movie. Uh, it's a 1991 musical comedy, The Commitments. My dad really likes this movie and he made me watch it. It's all right, but it is an Irish production. It's basically about a bunch of kids uh, growing up in Ireland uh, and they want to start a soul band, an R&B band. So it's a bit of a fish out of water thing. And these kids are trying to find their way in an unconventional uh, manner. And, uh, you know, it's an okay movie. It's fun. It's cute. It was well received by critics um and yeah it, it is actually an irish movie with lots of actual real irish accents in it so check it out you yeah i, I i've said report it's not streaming free anywhere right now but you can find it on youtube apple tv all these other places for like three or four bucks so if you want some legit irish content check out the commitments or right. save your money and jump on the ice road with liam neeson the ice road all right oh, hey, and- Fun fact, fun fact, a couple of the cast members from this actually went on to have music careers. True story. One of them is Ed Sheerhan, ladies and gentlemen. And the guy I made that up. That's not, it's not. <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not in it. He would have been one of them. Like, one not, of them's Michael. Know, how old is he? He would have been a, a toddler. I don't know. One of them is Michael Flatley. Cash, what do you have? <laughs> Continuing in the theme of let's do Irish stuff. Dairy Girls. Uh, it's a Netflix show, or at least in America, it's in Netflix. It's set in Northern Ireland in the 90s amid the Troubles. It is the story of three Irish girls and the English boy cousin of one who they're afraid if they put him in a boy's school, will get his ass kicked. So he goes to the girls' school. It is hilarious. The Nun is particularly hilarious. And the fourth and final season is due out this year. If you haven't checked it out, super good and it's really really funny nice well thank you everyone for listening and putting up with us remember you can find the show on facebook twitter and instagram hops and bo flops you can find t-dubs at writer tlk chumpy can be found at chumpzilla8 on the twitter machine Uh, i am obviously at hbof mccheese and captain cash is on every social are you in tiktok now cash i do tiktok now i i'm not proud of it yeah, and frankly, I don't. 
C A P T C A S H, I guess. Go okay. So you know, send him send him your TikTok videos. Now that you have Stevenson's wig, I demand a TikTok of you doing the you can't kill Danny Green with a bunch of firecrackers. Yeah, you gotta roll out yeah. of your car too, right before you do it. <laughs> yep, you gotta roll out of a car. We're gonna call car. that hashtag the Danny Green Challenge. The you Danny heard it here, Green folks. Challenge. Yep. Hashtag the Danny Green Challenge. I don't like that. be don't be going over 15. You might get seriously hurt. Yeah. Go up your driveway. That way, when you jump out, the car doesn't keep going. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. It just but rolls you... back onto me and kills me. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think oh, I roll out of did you, dude? All right, and obviously, as we said before, you can find everything we got at uh, wobamentertainment.com. Do we have T Dubs any idea of what we're doing next month? Or are we still in limbo? Oh yeah, we are doing hops and B list action star flops. And very uh, specific. Yeah, I think you're up first, Chumpzilla, so you can choose a movie. I'm aiming for either Stone Cold or Firestorm with Howie Long. Yeah, I was just going (laughs) to say, I'm leaning towards something with either Brian Bosworth or Howie Long. Anything with Brian Bosworth is worth our time. Why don't you you take Stone Cold, because that's the movie where he goes undercover as a biker and fights Lance Henriksen. Ooh, all right. Well, we'll have to coin flip for that. It's legit. Yeah, well, anyways, everyone, we will see you next week for some sort of B-list movie, hopefully starring Brian Bosworth. (laughs) And just remember, if any of these maggots from the so-called mafia want to come find me, I'm not hard to find. Just follow a rainbow to the nearest pot of gold, and I'll be fighting them. Fist of cuffs with old Jack O'Leary and Tommy Thompson.